You are Locked On Balls, your daily Tennessee Volunteers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Balls, your team every day. My name is Josh Ward. Thank you for being here today as we are halfway through the week. We have some football to talk about. Tennessee's football team was on the practice field on Tuesday for the opening of spring practice. Coming up on today's show, you will hear from Tennessee head coach Jeremy Pruitt talking about the quarterback position, talking about continuity within the offense with Jim Chaney being back for year two as Tennessee's offensive coordinator. He will also talk about one of Tennessee's new assistant coaches, Jimmy Brumbaugh, the defensive line coach. I think we've spent more time talking about the defensive line coach position than I can ever remember because of Tracy Rocker, who was well-respected leaving, and Jimmy Brumbaugh coming in to replace him. So you will hear from Jeremy Pruitt talking about some of the uh, the defensive changes coming up in segment number two, some updates for you on personnel and some guys who are out there practicing but a little little bit limited. I'll get to all of that here in the first segment of the show as well. And then some notes for you in the final segment with Tennessee basketball, some guys that were honored on Tuesday by the SEC coaches. Also, kind of an update on the SEC tournament, which begins today. Tennessee will play Thursday against Alabama, but as the coronavirus topic is getting so much attention and coverage in the sports world, kind of an update for you there as it relates to the SEC tournament. That's right here on Locked On Vols. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Before Jeremy Pruitt talks about Jarrett Garantano and the other quarterbacks, they are six deep, remember now, at that position. Some personnel notes. Darrell Middleton is practicing with Tennessee's football team. He was out there on Tuesday, and Jeremy Pruitt said after practice that they are going to handle that internally. What exactly that means is unknown, but Middleton is out there practicing as he continues to face misdemeanor, domestic assault, and public intoxication charges. So Middleton was a part of the defensive line group, as was Emmett Gooden, who is returning from a torn ACL that he suffered before the 2019 season. Gooden was practicing with the team, but Jeremy Pruitt said afterward that Gooden is going through a modified practice, so he's not in full, which makes sense considering he just tore his ACL back in August. Balin Buchanan is also practicing with Tennessee's football team. Remember, he missed this past year as he's dealing with a spinal issue. He also is going through a modified practice. Cooper Mays is expected to be out all spring. The early enrollee from Catholic actually suffered a foot injury Back during his senior season at Catholic, Jeremy Pruitt said it was probably a stress fracture that got worse as the season went along. So he had off-season surgery. He was at the Tennessee game this past weekend in basketball, and when he was introduced, he was out there on one of those scooters. So we knew that he was out with an injury. But it looks like Cooper will miss the spring from a physical practicing standpoint. And then Jordan Allen has moved from outside linebacker to tight end. In high school, he played a wide receiver tight end position. So after spending the last couple of years at outside linebacker with another year of eligibility, Jordan Allen is now among the tight ends. So when we look at the personnel overall, where does the conversation begin? Well, as we talked about on Tuesday, it really begins at the quarterback position. And Jeremy Pruitt talked about that position when he met with the media after practice. The question was, is Jarrett Garantano kind of considered the starter among the quarterbacks right now, and what else does Tennessee's head coach see from that position? Listen to what Jeremy Pruitt said on Tuesday. Well, I think Jarrett's played a lot of ball, right? You know, um, if you look over the last half of the year, um, uh, Jarrett 
done a lot of really good things to help us win football games. You know, uh, JT done some things in the South Carolina game, the UAB game that helped us win some football games. You know, uh, Brian uh, showed some promise at times, you know. Uh, all these guys, the first year in the system, they're not going to do anything but continue to improve. Um, you know, we've got good competition there, you know. So, uh, Jarrett's a guy that um, has played a lot of ball, uh, you know, and I think if you look at all three of those guys, they, they, there's a lot of positives that they do, okay. We've got to eliminate the few mistakes that we've made over the last year and, and with another year in the system that's something that we're working on you know we've got a couple of other quarterbacks in that room uh harrison bailey jimmy holiday uh kasim hill they're taking the same amount of reps too so uh we've got good competition because we got to figure out who our first quarterback is who our second quarterback is who our third quarterback is and they'll get a chance to do that throughout the spring um you know i think that's every position right um, you know, in this business, it's, 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 you're only as good as your last game, right? Whether you're a coach, whether you're a, a player. So there's, there's always, there always needs to be competition so everybody will be at their best. Jeremy Pruitt talking about Tennessee's quarterbacks. Obviously, the conversation is different now versus a year ago. Last offseason, it was all about Jarrett being the starter. It was his offense. He was going to be allowed to do more within the offense. And then you know the results on the field. This offseason, it's going to be different. I, I would still imagine that Jarrett Garantano is the number one guy, and it's his job to lose, but there will be legitimate competition for that number one spot. When the quarterbacks were going through drills on Tuesday with the media present, Garantano was the first guy up. He's the veteran. While Brian Maurer and JT Shroud have some experience, not compared to Jarrett Garantano, and then obviously at least at Tennessee, the other quarterbacks don't have any. Kasim Hill has played in the Big Ten, and then Harrison Bailey and Jimmy Holiday are freshmen. And at some point, they do have to figure out, okay, these are our top three guys probably, and there won't be six quarterbacks realistically in that room in the fall. There's a, a good chance at least one guy transfers. I think there's a real chance Jimmy Holiday could play wide receiver for Tennessee. But they don't have to figure everything out right now. It's the start of spring practice. You have 15 practices remaining, 14 I guess now, uh, and that includes the spring game on April 18th, and they'll figure it out. Right now, though, Garantano's the number one guy. We'll see how that plays out during the offseason as the other guys at least try to get some playing time. And this is a time where guys are going to try to show what they can do. Eric Gray is going to try to establish himself as the top running back. I'd say that Ty Chandler is going to try to hold on to that position. O over the course of the last couple of years, he has been Tennessee's number one running back. But what Gray did at the end of the season – showed his ability and if he builds on that he could be Tennessee's best playmaker I also look at that position though and who is the number one guy to me often doesn't matter that much I mean you you probably want your top guy but I would be working to split the reps up I, I would be looking to have a pretty even split between Eric Gray and Ty Chandler in terms of usage out of the backfield and then you have Tim Jordan who's a part of the equation and this summer they'll figure out if one of the freshmen can factor in as well, and we'll see if anybody else is added to the running back room as Zach Evans and Chase Hayden are a couple of guys to watch. They could be, one of those guys at least, could be on the team this upcoming season. But for now, you're looking at Chandler, Eric Gray, and Tim Jordan. And then also, Chandler's a guy, Eric Gray as well, 
that could be more involved in the passing game. If you're looking for more pass catchers, and they should be right now, especially with the freshman receivers still in high school, getting those guys more involved in the passing game, lining Ty Chandler up maybe in the slot position at times, that's a way to utilize their skill set. I'm sure that's something that Jim Chaney has already thought about, and they will continue to work on. So uh, why don't we get to that coming up next? The continuity. It's year two with Jim Chaney as the offensive coordinator. There has to be some benefit in that, not just with Jarrett Garantano and, and the quarterbacks that return, but the entire offense. We'll get to that coming up next. You'll hear Jeremy Pruitt talk about Jim Chaney returning as well as Jimmy Brumbaugh coming in as Tennessee's new defensive line coach. I'll get to that next right here on Locked On Vols, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. To continue the conversation from last segment, uh, why don't we hear from Jeremy Pruitt here. Talking about the offensive side of the ball, it really does matter to have Jim Chaney and Derek Ansley back for a second consecutive season. Tennessee hasn't had that in a while where both coordinators return. And with Jim Chaney, I'm sure you're already confident in his ability, but the offense last season had its ups and downs. And I know that comes back to quarterback play, but it wasn't just the quarterbacks. The offensive line needs to be better this upcoming season. So for the offense overall, year two with Jim Chaney should offer an opportunity to improve. Jeremy Pruitt talked about that, having Jim Chaney back, how that can help Tennessee's offense. You know, the longer you do something, the better you should be at it. Um, You know, I felt like as the season went last year that we played a little cleaner, Um, you know, didn't turn the ball over as much, Um, something that we need to build on this offseason. Got a lot of players coming back. Uh, We lost some really good players also, so we've got some holes to fill there. But, um, you know, I think when it comes to a terminology standpoint, understanding expectations, um, you know, I I feel like with with Jim and and the offensive staff being here the second time around, um, you know, we're definitely a little further ahead than we were this time last year. For sure, uh, and we've got to we've got to continue to get better every single day. So there needs to be lots of growth uh, this spring uh, on the offensive side, um, and if they'll get, continue to give the effort and you know in the meeting rooms and on the field, we'll get there. You know, you're talking about the strength staff. I can't say enough about Craig and in his guys and and what they've done over the last three years. Uh, our guys continue to get bigger and stronger and, and, and develop discipline. And, and to me, a lot of mental toughness, uh, you know, in the off season, I think, you know, Craig's a guy that's in high demand. There's no secret. There's been several jobs that's been open across our league, um, you know, in the last couple of weeks. And Craig was the first guy that they called, you know, and he decided to stay here. So, um, you know, he that, He's in demand uh, because he's good at what he does. Jeremy Pruitt talking about Craig Fitzgerald there at the end and the offensive line, it does look like a group that could be really good. And having Trey Smith back is just huge for Tennessee's offense and football team overall. 
and the experience that that group will have going into this upcoming 2020 season, getting Wanya Morris back will be important. Having Morris and Darnell Wright healthy is going to be really important for the offense. Neither one of those guys was probably fully healthy, uh, I don't know, maybe all the way through this past season. So that'll be a key for Tennessee this upcoming year, but they have more depth. Let's see what Jackson Lampley and Chris Sokperogane can do as they now enter their second seasons at Tennessee. And then I'll continue to mention Karon Calvert. He's a guy that could be a starter for Tennessee this fall. If that's the case, it wouldn't surprise me at all. So uh, the wide receiver position is going to continue to be a question. And Josh Palmer was limited at that spot. So he's a guy that we know will have to help lead the way. And then Ramel Keaton, Brandon Johnson, Vellis Jones, uh, it's on repeat right now because there aren't that many wide receivers. It's not that deep of a position group until the freshmen arrive this summer. But that does mean for the guys who are here right now, there are plenty of reps for them in practice. Flipping over to the defensive side, which I'm going to get to more of on tomorrow's show. The linebacker position is a question mark right now, and Jeremy Pruitt did talk about that at practice or after practice on Tuesday, especially with Quavaris Crouch being out this spring with Daniel Batuli gone and Crouch out. Just leaves a hole that's pretty noticeable from this past season, but that is an opportunity for guys like J.J. Peterson and, and Solon Page and Aaron Beasley, who's in his second year in the program now before some of the freshmen arrive this upcoming summer. But another big topic is the defensive line. It is a deep group. You bring back everybody from last year, plus Emmett Gooden returns after missing the 2019 season. That's a pretty good spot for Jimmy Brumbaugh to walk into with how that group developed last year with Tracy Rocker as the defensive line coach. A lot has been made of the move for Brumbaugh to come in and replace Tracy Rocker. Jeremy Pruitt talked about Brumbaugh, why he was the pick to coach Tennessee's defensive line, which has, I think, pretty high expectations for this upcoming year. Well, Jimmy's a guy that I've known for a long time. Uh, you know, when he was playing at Auburn, he was we played against each other. And a um, guy that has really um, grown in the profession. I mean, the work that he's done, um, you know, at every stop along the way. He's a, he's a great teacher, uh, motivator. Uh, you know, you kind of know what you're getting in him every single day. You can see it out here when, he, when, he's, when I've sat in the meetings with him and uh, just, you know, how he teaches. Uh, I think he's really hands-on. He brings a lot of knowledge uh, at that position, playing that position, and uh, really is, is kind of the style of, of defensive line coach that we're looking for. You know, uh, when we had the job come open, we didn't, we didn't interview anybody else. We didn't interview him. We just, he came. Jeremy Pruitt talking about Jimmy Brumbaugh. He was the clear choice, as you can tell there, for Tennessee to replace Tracy Rocker. It's a, a good group. I don't know if there is a standout all-SEC player. There might be. We'll, we'll see if that's something that emerges for Tennessee if, if somebody in that group does. And Tennessee signed a few guys who will have a chance to at least come in and compete for playing time. Let's see if Amari Thomas can earn a spot. Dominic Bailey's on campus now, a four-star defensive lineman out of Baltimore. So it, it's a group that looks pretty good, and Jimmy Brumbaugh will be the guy tasked with helping them take a step forward for Tennessee's defense, which comes off a, a good season this past year. Tennessee had a good defense. Let's see if it can be even better in 2020. I can promise you Jeremy Pruitt expects it to be better this upcoming season. And again, part of that will include what happens at linebacker. I'm going to talk about that on tomorrow's show. You'll hear Jeremy Pruitt talk about 
a guy that he said, hey, he needs to have a big spring with the opportunity that's there. That's coming up on tomorrow's show. Coming up next, I'll get to Tennessee basketball with Eve Pons winning an award that I think is very much deserved and an update for you on the SEC tournament, which gets started later today. That's coming up next right here on Locked On Vols, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Awards from the SEC coaches as well as the AP came out on Tuesday, and Eve Pons was named the SEC Defensive Player of the Year. It's something I talked a little bit about on Tuesday's show. Rick Barnes made the case for Eve Pons as the Defensive Player of the Year, and as Barnes mentioned, it's not just the block shots that Pons had, which were impressive. It was also the way that, well, listen to how Rick Barnes described it, talking about Eve Pons on yesterday's show. How many fix-it plays he's fixed for our teammates. When we've struggled at times, stand in front of the ball, or we've struggled here or there, he's had more fix-it plays than anybody we've coached in a long time. So the coaches recognized that. Pons was just a difference maker. I saw Jimmy Dyke share on Twitter some praise for Pons and said, there's nobody better really in the country. And it really is impressive to see the development that he's made. And and it's on both ends. He's a better offensive player as well. On the defensive end, he's a huge difference maker. And the coaches recognized that and awarded him for it. So Pons was named the defensive player of the year in the league. And then, of course, he was also added to the all-defensive team in the SEC. John Fulkerson was named all-SEC second team. And I will tell you that there are 17 players on the first and second all-SEC teams. The first team from the coaches had nine players. They had eight spots, but they don't break up ties. So nine guys are on the first team All-SEC. And then John Fulkerson was one of eight players on the second team All-SEC. I don't think that takes away from his accomplishment. It's just kind of funny that that's how it's done. The Associated Press, the AP vote, only has five first team members and five second team members. So their two teams have 10 spots. The coaches' two teams have 17 spots. Uh, The Associated Press did not recognize any Tennessee players on the All-SEC teams, and they don't have a Defensive Player of the Year award. So there was no honor there for Tennessee. But the coaches did recognize Eve Pons and John Fulkerson, and I think both of those guys deserve the recognition that they received. No Tennessee players were on the All-Freshman team, which was not a big surprise. I did kind of wonder, could Santiago Viscovi or... Josiah Jordan-James get any recognition, but that did not happen. Now, when you think about Tennessee going up against Alabama on Thursday, Alabama's a team that it received a lot of NCAA tournament talk during the course of the season. It just, I think, fell short, but the individual talent is there. Kyra Lewis Jr. was first-team All-SEC by the coaches, and John Petty was second-team All-SEC by the coaches, and then Jaden Shackelford made the All-Freshman team for Alabama. Herbert Jones was on the all-defensive team for Alabama. So it's a team with a lot of individual recognition. It just fell short. It's the ninth seed in the SEC tournament coming out of the regular season. It's going to be a tough game for Tennessee. If you look at the Ken Palm projection, Ken Palm actually gives Alabama a slight advantage, a 52% chance to win. It's a one-point difference going in, according to Ken Palm, essentially saying, yeah, this looks like a toss-up. I like Tennessee going into tomorrow's game. Part of it is I wonder how much does Alabama have left in the tank here after really struggling down the stretch. But I asked that question about Tennessee before the Florida game, and Tennessee showed that it had plenty left in the tank. It just had a stinker in the final game against Auburn. So both teams are coming off disappointing final games. Alabama lost to Missouri by 19 points, and Tennessee lost to Auburn by 22 points. Neither team is overly impressive entering tomorrow's game. 
Now, around the country, you're probably aware at this point, there is a lot of talk about the coronavirus, uh, COVID-19, and and how that's going to affect sporting events. This week, we have seen the tennis tournament at Indian Wells in California. The Ivy League announced that it is canceling its conference tournament. And then uh, UCLA announced on Tuesday that at least until April 10th, they will not have fans at their home sporting events. The governor in Ohio recommended no fans at sporting events that are indoors in the state of Ohio. So I think we're all playing a guessing game and everything seems to be unpredictable right now. Right now, though, the expectation is that it's going to be business as usual at the SEC tournament. That was the statement from the NCAA on Tuesday with the NCAA tournament coming up next week. Right now, there are no changes to the plans. Joe Rexroad of The Athletic, who's based out of Nashville, he joined us on Sports 180 on Tuesday for his weekly segment, and Heather asked him about that. Any updates here on the SEC tournament, which will be there in Nashville? Could there be any alterations? Is there a chance that fans would not be let in? This was the update Tuesday from Joe Rexroad talking about the SEC tournament. There is no indication right now you know, that they are going to you know, make this a, a, a non-public event. Now, I'm, you know, that doesn't mean that I'm, like, sitting here 100% certain that walking into that place tomorrow, there's going to be fans, but I'll be pretty surprised if this event uh, changes in that way. Um, you know, BBN is uh, descending on the, city, on the city soon. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a big moneymaker. And, you know, at, at this point, I'd be surprised if, that happens I'm, I'm leaving open the possibility um you know i think in a lot of and i've even we've even seen some of these signs around there's like an enter at your own risk type thing you know with some of these sporting events but i do think with the ncaa tournament you know if, if things keep going as they are going and it's not like you know it's spreading anywhere near the rate it did in china or in italy even but if it keeps going on this trajectory then I think you know Sunday Monday there's gonna be some real hard conversations about uh, NCA sites and you know two of them are are out west where it's by far more prevalent you know out in Spokane and Sacramento so those places in particular you know uh, the San Jose Sharks it looks like are not going to be able to be playing in front of fans um, for the foreseeable future so it's it's a different deal out there too. Joe Rex wrote the update on Sports 180 on Tuesday uh, as he joins us from TheAthletic.com. It's a story that is continuing to develop. Uh, by the time you listen to this, maybe there is some kind of update. But right now, looks like business as usual for the SEC tournament, which begins today. Tennessee will play tomorrow at 1 o'clock Eastern against Alabama. And I'll have more on the game coming up for you on tomorrow's show. And on tomorrow's show, there will be more football talk with Tennessee having had its first practice on Tuesday. The next practice will be Thursday afternoon. So the Vols are off on Wednesday, back to practice on Thursday. I'll be talking more about the defensive side of the ball for Tennessee, which has to replace some key players, but also has the potential to take a step forward. And if it does, could be one of the best defenses in the country. We'll get to that coming up on tomorrow's show. Locked on Vols, thanks for being here today. Thanks to everybody who has left a rating and review for the show. If you haven't done that, Rating and reviewing on Apple Podcasts is a big help. Five-star reviews are always appreciated for sure. I appreciate you being here. You can find the show five days a week on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify. And remember as well, 
You can listen anytime on your smart speaker. So that's going to wrap it up for this edition of Locked On Vols. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NFL Draft. Thanks so much for being here. I'll see you tomorrow. Oh!